The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to our show. Well, I guess Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Let's hope that these stupid idiots can put this mofo back together again so we can have a season for crying out freaking loud. This is show 305. On today's show, we will have, of course, the story of the week of the month of the year. The NFL and the players didn't come to agreement, so the whole thing is down the toilet. We're talking litigation. Well, I got one thing to say. That's fuck you and fuck you too. And I mean it. We will have part two of the Gene Taylor interview. My good brother at the BFD. Yes, my friend, the NFL retired wide receiver. Talks a little bit about this situation with the owners and the players. We hit hard on some issues that, well, don't matter now, do they? (laughs) I guess not. We'll hit the bone line, of course, and I get a little something-something from Roger Goodell. Yes, I got an email message from him representing the owners of the NFL. Interesting. I'm going to hit on that a little bit and then get right into it. (laughs) Oh, brother. Before I start our show, I'd like to offer my condolences, my great respect and love to the people of Japan. The entire nation has suffered a horrendous, huge loss, and it continues to go. I just uh, like the Raider Nation to give thanks for what we have and prayers to those out there in Japan that have suffered and lost and will continue to do so. It is a brutal thing. And this Raider fan, I lived there when I was a child. Great people, Japanese people, by the way. And I have to say that my blessings, we should just send prayers and love and money, if you can, to the people of Japan. That's what I'm talking about. And that's all I have to say about that. What? Negotiations over? Both sides quit? (laughs) Well, as a fan, I got one thing to say to you guys. Fuck you, and fuck you, too. Ooh, I've got some news for you. Ooh, I really hate your ass right now. See you driving around town with the girl I love in my life. Fuck you. Ooh, I guess the change in my pocket wasn't enough. I'm like, fuck you, and I fuck Well, it finally happened. Both sides pouted enough and distrusted enough and miscommunicated enough not to get a deal done for the NFL and the Players Association. What a freaking surprise. So I'm surprised. You know, they say it's going to come down to the last minutes of this before the season, this and that. A lot of hatred, a lot of hate. I understand negotiations. What I don't understand is, hey, what about the fan? How about some reassurance to, well, the fan? And I'm not going to whine too much about the fan. However, the fan pays the motherfucking bills up in here. And I am telling you, you listen to serious radio and you will hear 
echoes of my voice for every franchise in this NFL. Fans are flipped out. Not only are they talking about how ridiculous this whole thing is, but how much it takes to bring a family to a game. Insanity. And they want to raise money, raise ticket prices, try to gouge as much as they possibly can out of every doggone person that enters the football arena. Well, listen, I don't give a rat's ass about the owners. The motherfuckers are rich as hell and wouldn't hurt if the NFL folded up today. They'd still live a happy, fat life. And the players, hey, I understand their blight. I understand that some guys aren't making all the money for their short career. That I understand. Try coal mining for a living. Or how about digging dishes? How about, you know, anything else that is another profession? I understand that's not what you chose, but yes, that's the way it goes. I know you have a, a, a gripe, a real gripe. And I'm for the players. I'm actually on the players' side in this whole thing because I think they're getting shafted. How fucking ever? How about the single mother who works at the Coliseum pouring beers every Sunday? How about another guy who's a single father working the parking lot in the security? How about the thousands, tens of thousands of NFL employees that are out there helping fans get to their seats, pick their ass, find whatever, and helping them get through a game every freaking season, including the fucking porta potty guys. Now, listen, I understand everyone's going to get hurt, but you know who's going to get hurt the worst? Those motherfuckers in this economy. Do you think they can afford to miss a couple games, even one? When it comes down to putting food on the table and trying to get things done, it always seems like the guy in the lowest common denominator that gets the biggest fuck in the ass, excuse my language, and my rant. But this horse shit about the NFL not getting together pisses me off. Not only because I'm a fan and I pay my money like a lot of you guys do, but because I'm a working guy who sees the impact on a deeper note. The guy who tries to get up and make his fucking nut every month. And I think these rich motherfuckers better take a look at those guys and talk more about those guys. Because those are the guys that I care about Really, a great deal. The guys that are unsung heroes at every stadium in the 32 franchises in this country. And the fact that they're going to get fucked makes me even more upset. Sorry going on a rant on a non-football thing, but it just pisses me off as a fan to know that these two sides can't get together and get it done. We have all kinds of things going on every year. It really fucks up the entire season when it comes down to the whole deal. Look, man, I love football because it takes my fucking ass away from real life, away from real worries, real concerns. You know, and now I have to be concerned with whether they're going to play football. I think that is some real fucked up bullshit. And that is all I have to say about that. Okay, let's see what's next. Well, we'll talk a little bit about Roger the Dodger and what he had to say. A special message to, I'm sure, every season ticket holder in the country. Turn out the lights. The party's over. 
They say that all good things must end Call it a night The part is over Well, Roger the Dodger pops up with an email. Dear NFL fan. Subject. Letter from Roger Goodell. Dear NFL fan. When I wrote to you last on behalf of the NFL, we promised you that we would work tirelessly to find a collectively bargained solution to our differences with the players' union. Subsequent to that letter to you, we agreed that the fastest way to a fair agreement was for everyone to work together through a mediation process. For the last three weeks I have personally attended every session of mediation, which is a process our clubs sincerely believe in. Unfortunately, I have to tell you that earlier today the Players' Union walked away from mediation and collective bargaining and has initiated litigation against the clubs. In an effort to get a fair agreement now, our clubs offered a deal today that was, among other things, designed to have no adverse financial impact on veteran players in the early years, and would have met the players' financial demands in the latter years of the agreement. The proposal we made included an offer to narrow the player compensation gap that existed in the negotiations by splitting the difference, guarantee a reallocation of savings from first-round rookies to veterans and retirees without negatively affecting compensation for rounds 2-7, no compensation reduction for veterans, implement new year-round health and safety rules, retain the current 16-4 season format for at least two years with any subsequent changes subject to the approval of the league and union, and establish a new legacy fund for retired players, $82 million contributed by the owners over the next two years. It was a deal that offered compromise, and would have ensured the well-being of our players and guaranteed the long-term future for the fans of the great game we all love so much. It was a deal where everyone would prosper. We remain committed to collective bargaining in the federal mediation process until an agreement is reached, and call on the union to return to negotiations immediately. NFL players, clubs, and fans want an agreement. The only place it can be reached is at the bargaining table. While we are disappointed with the union's actions, we remain steadfastly committed to reaching an agreement that serves the best interest of NFL players, clubs and fans, and thank you for your continued support of our league. First and foremost it is your passion for the game that drives us all, and we will not lose sight of this as we continue to work for a deal that works for everyone. Yours, Roger Goodell. Now he's writing to us on behalf of the NFL. And he's promising that they did everything in their possible possibility to make the mediation process fair and equitable. A bullshit. <laughs> they want more dough, and the players want more dough. So he goes on to say, unfortunately, they couldn't come to an agreement. And the players, of course, are the guys that walked away from the table because it's always the other guy. You know, always the other guy. <laughs> And they also went over a brief description of some of the things that they were willing to give up to the players. It makes me laugh my ass off to read this bunch of bullshit, you know, that's uh, made up by some, you know, <laughs> advertising company, I'm sure. Uh, and to make these words sound so soft and so agreeable, 
and so committed to negotiations. I think it's bullshit. They're once again pointing a finger at the players. The players are pointing a finger at the owners. And this is just another example of how pathetic it is. Each one wants mommy on their side, mommy and daddy. It's my it's on it's my side. Be on my side. <laughs> I think that's complete bullshit. Uh, and I wish they never sent it to me because I don't believe it's in the best interest of me to even pay any attention to it. Roger the Dodger sent this out to everyone. I am positive. Don't believe a word of it. Just like the players, they have their own desires and angle of looking at things. And being on the outside, none of us, not one fan in the country, can guess all the ins and outs of this contract. Just sign the fucking thing and get it over with. That's all I have to say about that. Well, without further ado, I want to introduce again my good brother, Gene Mean Gene Taylor, wide receiver extraordinaire and uh, NFL retired. I love this guy. He's a cool dude. Great insight to what's going on with the Players Association and the NFL owners. Check him out. I, I watch his show every day, and, and I love Gene, Gene, the dancing machine. We, we would, I just wish you'd give him another chance. So, all right, let's give him another chance. Lay it on now. Here it talk a little bit uh, with Gene here about what's currently going on with this NFL uh, ownership bullshit, I call it. Now, I know it's millionaires arguing with billionaires. I understand that uh, there's some issues here, but we, we're union guys, so we understand the union's, uh, union wants just to make the game better, wants to make uh, the owners a little more responsible, especially in these contracts. Now, when I was doing some digging here, I found out that there is not a lot of guaranteed money. The contracts come out, and this is grandiose number out there, but you know, there's been instances, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Gene, when a player is you know uh, so many yards away from a big bonus, and they they don't they don't play him. Well, if you took a closer look at it, let, let's say a team is not making the uh, playoffs or anything like that. And there's a certain player that has an incentive in his contract that if he rushes over 1,200 yards, that there's going to be a bonus in his contract of an addendum of $500,000. I'm just picking out figures. Uh, They will sit that player down because the team isn't going anywhere. anywhere. So uh, subsequently they are taking money from all of his pocket and away from he and his, his his family and taking it away from the fans that want to see him play the game right. and not know why he's not out there and they make up what kind of excuse and, and that's the politics behind it that are behind the scene that a lot of people don't see i mean uh the thing that we see mainly in the media is that this player signed for x amount of dollars but yeah, they get this big number but, but but they say in seven years he's going to make you know like 35 mil and when he gets to you know the fourth year of this contract then his uh his his salary is going to jump from two million a year to 10 million a year well if you look closely he's probably going to be cut 
or released or traded or restructured or restructured you know know? so there's uh so they throw out these grandiose numbers but that isn't the actuality of what's going on that's not going in the pocket of these guys laying it out for the team laying it out for themselves trying to get get to the big money because it's about money really but these guys love the game I, i mean uh you got to love the game to be in the game. Isn't that right, Gene? you got to love it to be in it. Uh, let me tell you a story from a friend of mine. Uh, he's an ex-Raider. His name is Mike Davis, and he played in the glory years of the John Madden era and Tom Flores era. Uh, I played golf with him maybe once or twice a year, and he was telling me about the incident that occurred between Jack Tatum and Daryl Stingley, which was always a fear of any uh, – wide receiver coming up was, you know, to be hit so viciously that you're paralyzed. And uh, that happened to Daryl Stingley. And a, a, a lot of people thought that Jack Tatum was a dirty player. He was a hard-nosed player. And back in those days, there were things that you could do and get away with where in today's game, it's uh, unacceptable, like spearing or uh, going into a player hitting the guy when he's down a lot of things happen you know like hit, of, we all know you know like hit first but that hit that uh jack tatum laid on daryl stingley uh god rest his soul that uh was a legal hit he just hit him with, with a lot of fervor and vigor and that's the way that uh football was coached and that's the way he played and, and uh that's the way that he played but a lot of things that people don't know when uh mike davis told me this story that uh he didn't see the actual hit because he was uh, trailing a man a- at that time, but he said it sounded like a car crash. I mean, a devastating car crash. And he turned around to see what happened. He saw this limp body laying on, on the field, and uh, they knew that Daryl St- Stingley was hurt very seriously. But a lot of things that people don't know about Jack Tatum is he had a sensitive side to him too, and he spent the whole night in the hospital with Daryl Stingley that night. And a lot of people don't know that. Well, I know that he was the quiet man. Mm-hmm. Off the field, he was a gentleman, had a gentle smile, right. and a soft tone. But as soon as the whistle blows, uh, Jack Tatum <laughs> was a nuclear bomb looking for somewhere to explode. And he played on intimidation, where he just wanted that wide receiver to think for one instant, when that ball is coming, where's Jack? That's all he wanted them to think about. And they did, don't you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're you know, damn right. Like, after seeing that hit, you know, he, he put a lot of fear in receivers com- coming over the, the middle. And uh, that's part of a wide receiver's job is to catch the ball no matter what. But there's always going to be that little voice in, in the back of your mind. Like, I know he's somewhere. Where's right? Jack? <laughs> he's where, coming. Where he? and, and, uh, and, you know, like in games today, you can see where a person or a wide receiver will have what we used to call alligator arms. And that's the arms that, are, that aren't very long. They don't stretch very far from the body. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know, because he's coming. <laughs> he's out there somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So I say that to lead into, Greg, um, this thing about the concussions. Uh, all, you know, it's, all these tests are now starting to come out. But I can tell you that I've played in a number of games and a number of incidences where... I played on what was autopilot because the next day in the film room, you know, you're watching this film and say, man, did I make that catch? I don't recall any part of this 
part of the third quarter or, or the fourth quarter, but I'm still in the game and everything is running on autopilot. And I'm sure that uh, if you question a, a lot of receivers or even players, that they would have similar s- stories. And now that all this testing is, is, is being done and they're coming up with all these stats and these figures that, you know, these concussions will lead to uh, damaging results like later on in life. Later on in life. And that is the premise of what this uh, new uh, PBA, you know, this collective bargaining uh, bargaining agreement is, is all about is protection of the players and not only the present players, but the players in, in the past. And I think that uh, the NFL has done a not so great job in uh, taking care of the players that uh, made the game. And that's true, and it's been widely publicized, and um, Mike Ditka, a big champion on, yes. on that front. Yes, he is. Uh, there's a lot of other um, world-class NFL coaches and players that are, are for the retirees. I hope that they get something done. I hope they get a voice in this thing. Um, now, the owners want all the money. Well, it, the uh, one thing that um – that's sticking out, you know, like in my mind about this whole situation is that the owners, unlike in our strike year of 87, they're locking the players out. Whereas they're saying, well, you can't come and play. That's it. So um, the owners, I think, need to, to show some transparency and open up the books and let's see what's really going on. And they don't want to do that. Well, any union that goes into negotiations, and we can do that. We do that here at Berkeley. Right. When we go to negotiations, we have to have the city open up their books. So we can see what's going on because uh, numbers can be skewed. They can be manipulated. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, if it's looked at between, you know, like this fiscal time as opposed to this one, it'll look a, cer- a certain way. So, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Desmore Smith is a very intelligent uh, negotiator. Uh, He's been in the corporate world as a lawyer. So he's he's very savvy to all the tricks, and uh, he's a sharp man. And I'm 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 really proud to have him as the uh, NFL Players Association president. Well, you know, I've heard, too, lately uh, we've got Drew Brees and other uh, champions of the game at this time talking about they take the contract that they had before. They take the the agreement and just move it forward. Yeah, well, uh, I think that uh, it all needs to be looked at and opened up, and that's one thing the owners don't want to do is uh, have transparency because then you will see that what these players are asking for in better contracts and safety and the rest of that. See, these players are going to make this money for two, three, four years, whereas these owners are going to make the money for the next 30 or 40 years. So there's a huge discrepancy in that, you know, you know, like in my mind, because the fans aren't there to see the owners. Yes, you need these owners and and uh, the rest of that, but uh, but it's a fifty-fifty thing. Without the players, the got, owners got nothing. You got nothing. You got nothing. And I think that that's the premise of, of this argument: is open up your books and let's make this fair for everybody. And you can kind of see how uh, they were trying to formulate where the networks 
were going to loan the owners billions of dollars so they could sit this out. And that's just unfair fighting. That's very much the billionaire boys club. Club. The owners with all their money wanting to sit back and... And the owners of these... uh, of these television stations, they're backing them because it's a, a billion-dollar game. And for them to back the owners just lets you know what side that they're on. They're on the money-making side. And none of them would have a job without the talent. Okay? None of them would have a penny without, without the talent. Correct. Okay? And that's why it's a 50-50 deal in my mind. It's half the owners and half the players. Because without either one, you have nothing. You know, the, the whole talk about scab players uh, surfaced here uh, not too long ago. Uh, I know the fans are not uh, wanting to do that. I know on the NFL Network on Sirius Satellite Radio, there is not a phone call, not one phone call, <laughs> that isn't from a pissed-off fan, a season ticket holder, yeah. that is fucking pissed off. They're tired of being fucking abused because I'm telling you, man, even at Oakland, the parking went from 30 to 35 bucks in a year. And then next year it's going to be 40 bucks and the tickets keep going up in price. I can't take my family to a game. And, you know, I think that the players kind of are unfairly judged because you'll often hear on the the news media, you know, the reason why. That, that the ticket prices are going up and the parking uh, prices are going up is because we're paying such an enormous amount for, for these contracts. Well, yes and no. Uh, the owner is making his money as well. Oh, owner's making money. And like I, I, I've been, my eyes have been open during this particular time in the NFL to the shorting uh, of the players are getting shorted. They're pulling the they're pulling your money right out from underneath you by not playing you if they're not going to make the playoffs. There's all kinds of shenanigans that go on as far as contracts like that go. Now, if you're the golden child like, you know, Peyton Manning or one of those guys, you're not going to get that. They're not going to screw with you because you actually have a piece of their pie and they know that they need you. And if they cut you, if they imagine the Patriots cutting uh, Brady saying, I'm sorry, we're not going to pay you this bonus, right. it ain't going to happen. Right. Well, you know, and that's kind of, uh, a, a you know, the sad part about it, you know, that uh, players are not all treated the same, and, 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 and it, it will never be like that. I mean, look at Randy Moss. You know, at, you know, at midseason they cut him or they traded him or whatever, and, uh, and that, that was only because he got – cut right after going on the the podium and saying that he wanted his contract to be renewed you know he was asking for a new contract and Brady was was in the midst of getting a new contract too he didn't go about it the way that Randy Moss did but look who's still playing with the Patriots and look, look who isn't exactly and look where they and, were. They didn't end up very well at the end of the right. season. And the last that I saw, Brady can't throw it and catch it himself. <laughs> it, it takes a village, man. It takes right. a village. Right. Everybody has to be part of right. the team. And, 
You know, you got guys that are superstars, and you got guys that are trying to break in. You got rookies. You got guys that are two-year, three-year players. Right. So what I see in this this whole lockout situation is the players really work. They're working guys. They're like you and me. We're working. The city in our situation is paying us the money to do our job, but they're not out there getting their hands dirty. They're not out there getting potential hepatitis C. They're not out there uh, hurting their body, perhaps uh, leaving your profession forever. They're just paying the money. But, you know, the the thing, thing is is that uh, fo- football takes such a, a, a uh, toll on, on your body that I didn't play for – as many years as like a lot of guys, but I still feel a lot, a lot of the aches and pains from my football career. And that's the thing is that what is this person's life going to be like after football? And uh, the demand on linemen to be 300 pounds plus, you know, uh, you see that their average uh, lifespan is now like 54 years old for the linemen. You know, uh, they don't have a, a long life, and they're sacrificing it all now, and they need to be fairly compensated for that. You see, these owners are living. How how old is Al Davis, Greg? Okay, he's eighty years old. Right. So a so a lot of the players that played for him are not going to make it to eighty. Nope. And they need to be compensated for that, and their families need to be compensated for that. I mean, it's just now starting to come out about this. Um, concussion thing and, and you got two more they're looking for two more games in this in the in the season now i, I that, put it on my show and that, that's all about money, money. they want to make more money but what we're willing to do is sacrifice you guys yeah the players and, and then we're not going to compensate you we're just going to take two preseason games off and then make them regular season games you know and that's just to generate more re- revenue and taxing the uh, athlete that's going to cost him later on in, in life, you know, when he's, I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen like Jim Otto uh, post, uh, well, pre his uh, surgeries, he couldn't even get out of bed. And a lot of these players that um, that played football through their whole careers, you know, high school, college, and maybe some pro are having uh, tremendous times just. Uh, and it's not just the just, physical, it's physical. But there's an emotional side to the game, too, as a man, uh, providing for your family, being pushed from one team to another, traded, and not knowing about it. There's a lot of things that can take your mental toughness and shake your your world. Right. Uh, I mean, you can be traded, you know, without uh, without you. I mean, there are some players that have it stipulated in, in their contract that they have to approve a trade or... Or, or uh, they have the right to nullify a trade and, and the rest of that. But for the majority of the players, you have no say in your career whatsoever of what team you get traded to or how it's going to affect your family, you know. So, and all, and all that is acceptable with proper compensation. Right, and then you told me too, which is something that is very interesting, you have a head coach from one team, that is a pro, big offense, like a lot of passing, a lot of air, yeah. a lot of balls going out. Then you have another coach from another team that doesn't believe in that. 
So you have a very basic playbook as far as the receivers are concerned. Right. Uh, so the difference in coaching can make or break the longevity of your career too. Absolutely. And uh, the way a coach – uh, gets his team ready if he overtrains. I mean, uh, a team, or if he's punishing his team for not getting uh, the plays correct. And and back when I played, they would hold water as hostage for perfect plays. And since then, uh, within the last five or so years, that they've gotten away from that because players have started dying, like the player for the Vikings, uh, Corey. Uh, I, f- I forget his name, but. The big guy that passed out and ended up dying of heat stroke. No water. And, and, and uh, he was um, just, I mean, he's like a thoroughbred that runs himself to death. I mean, uh, throughout your career, you learn how to fight through pain, and your pain th- threshold is way beyond the average person. So, whereas the average person, you know, would stop, you keep pushing. And you put yourself in these dangerous uh, situations, and that's what happened. You hate to see your teammate uh, basically drop dead on, on the field because of exhaustion. Well, you know what? Thanks for bringing to light a lot of these issues because, you know, I, I'm sure the, the, the fan, A, doesn't think about it, uh, and B, didn't think it, was, it existed. But this is what happens in the NFL. Uh, these men have to be compensated. Um, I, I don't think that it's the same uh, millionaires arguing with billionaires. I think that the ownership has all the money, uh, as in any company, and the workers have to work and, and fight to get anything that they, they, <laughs> they can get. And uh, like Gene says, I mean, think about these players, man, five years, and then you got some superstar like, like Rod Woodson, 17 years in the league. That's, that is unheard of. And these guys that have longevity league, it's just unheard of. They are lucky because it just takes a split second for your career to be over. Right. I mean, if you look at the the careers that were cut short that we thought were going to be so promising, like a Bo Jackson, you know, he gets tackled on what seems to be just your basic tackle, and he dislocates his hip and never gets circulation back in that hip, you know, and his career's done. I mean, he gets a, a prosthetic hip and the rest of that, but he was never, you know, the same player. And that's how fast that your career can be ended like that. No matter how good you are. No matter how good you are. And and that's a, a testament to guys like Rod Woodson and, and the guys that play for uh, many years, like a Jerry Rice. You know, that's a testament to uh, good, good uh, physical health. But and be, being in great shape, but also being tremendously lucky. Lucky, lucky. Luck, luck has a whole lot to do with your health in such a fast, violent sport like football. Man, you be lucky. Let's just hope they get this thing rolling because I'm Jones for football. I was the, the minute it was over last season, so yeah, I yeah. need to get some football on. And we're going to go see some Raider football this year, aren't we, Gene? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, a tough time of year. I mean, but you get to see how teams are starting to uh, formulate their uh, you know, their draft picks and 
fill their needs for the following year. I mean, if you're a fan, you know, you like to see the building blocks, you know, get put into place and then look at the mini camps and, and uh, going in, into uh, training camp and the way the team is set up. I mean, if you really love fo- football, then you can kind of follow it like year round. But this is a uh, hard time of year because – uh, there is no other sport like football. I mean, because uh, I played baseball a- as a kid and uh, thought about being a pr- professional baseball player as well. But the older I got, the more bored I got with baseball. Maybe I have like 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 ADD or something. <laughs> where 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 uh, it was just not exciting enough. I need I needed that energy, you know and. Football just fills you with so much energy, and the fans, they fill you with so much energy. You don't see the wave in baseball. Not to talk bad about baseball or anything. I'm not like that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But to be a true fan of football, you love that high, fast action and that competitive nature. And you like to see that aggressiveness and the hard hits. And uh, that's what draws us all to football. Thank you, Mr. Taylor. Awesome interview. You're the man. Thank you, Greg. (laughs) That was very interesting. Nice perspective from the player. Definitely been in the situation before. It's so very nice to talk to someone who can really tell you the ins and outs of the locker room and what it was like. And very, very cool having conversations with my good brother, Gene. Won't be the last time we make an appearance here on the podcast for Joe. All right, it's time for the bone line. Bad of the bone. One eight hundred six two zero seven one eight one. One eight hundred six two zero seven one eight one. You guys have been on the bone line, man. There's a lot to say. A lot of people are pissed. Oh yeah, well vent here because I do, and you should too. So don't forget to visit our site www.radernationpodcast.com. Randy's got it all figured out, man. It's a very, very cool situation. Uh, you know, this show, I want to tell you, is going to be uh, probably the last one for a little while because Randy's going to go on a little vacation. And so we're going to be out of service here for maybe three or four weeks. So bear with us. We're not going nowhere. We're just going to have a little break in the action because, you know, life happens between podcasts. So let's see who is first on the line. First, we have Raider Kiki from Virginia. What you got, man? What's up? This is Kiki from Virginia, representing the Raider Nation for life. Just want y'all to know we had a good season, you know, and uh, I'm glad we didn't get rid of none of the players. The coach, I don't think we should have got rid of him either, but, I mean, uh, you know, they know what's best. So I just wanted to put it down, let y'all know, you know, we represent out here in Richmond, Virginia. Raider Nation for life, 5,000. We know you guys represent down there. We represent everywhere, and I mean all over the world. But I know Virginia does. Uh, D.C. Raider Booster Club, uh, very involved with those guys for a long time. And, uh, well, thanks for the call, brother. And, you know, Raider Nation for life. We just hope we have a season this year, you know. Oh, boy. Next, we have Raider O.C. from Orange County. Beautiful place. What you got, brother? What's up, Raider Nation? What's up, baby? This is OC Raider 
calling from Orange County, beautiful sunny Orange County today. Everybody's panicking. I'm I'm not worried at all. We are still going to have our season. What I am happy about is Robert Gallery. Bye-bye. I am so glad I saw, I don't know if this is accurate or not, that he will not be returning to the Raiders, which I am so happy to hear. He did nothing but bring us down. I can't wait for uh, Bruce Campbell to uh, step in there and uh, take care of business for us. Um, other things, very, very happy about the signings of the defense. Not sure Stanford route is worth the 30 mil, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited that uh, Rod Woodson is going to come in and make some moves and make the deals and maybe let, light some fire and make these guys uh, play up to their potential. You know, all these guys that we drafted on the defense, you know, this, these last few years, it's about time for these fools to step the fuck up and show up. So um, kind of bummed that Bruce got... Radkowski, I, I think he's a perfect backup to Campbell. Um, I, I really hope freaking Kyle Bowler isn't the number two guy because then we really need Campbell to not even get freaking sneezed on. But, you know, like where they're going, like the signings, you know, they're throwing the money where they want. So I'm not sure about that Sanford route, that 30 mil. I don't think he's a 30 mil, mil guy. Nice that we can keep him. But, you know, I know the whole nation worried about keeping our free agents and sign everybody. But, you know, once this CBA goes, I know as of now there's an extension to, I think, Friday or whatever, we can go and sign other free agents. We don't have to just sign our own guys. So it's all good there, Nation. Don't even trip. Don't be reaching for, for the rope or anything. Because uh, I know Michael Bush and Zach Miller still aren't signed yet. And, and the whole Namdi thing. Really not worried. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward once it gets done, getting our guys done, I, I think our defense is going to be sick, especially with Chucky B officially, and I say that with using air quotes, officially being named uh, the, the, the D.C., which we all knew all along that that's what was going to happen. Really, really hoping they don't go into this 3-4, you know, stick with the 4-3, use your weapons, which is right now not the linebackers, but that defensive line. You know, we'll see what happens next month in the in the draft and see what we can get there. But uh, that's really all I got to say. Just wanted to get my take there, Raider Greg. I'm, I'm very uh, – I love the podcast. Love the podcast, brother. I, I can't get enough of it. Um, thank you so much for all the work that you guys do. Really appreciate it. OC Raider signing out. Late. Well, Gallery's kind of a dead subject because he is toast. He's gone. And Gradkowski's gone, too, and I'm bummed that Kyle Bowler got a contract. That is alarming because he sucks ass. I mean, really does. And Chucky B, well, he deserves to be the defensive coordinator, and I think the 3-4, eh, you know, I don't know if we have the guys to do it. I know we have the guys to do the 4-3, and some teams are going back to the 4-3. We won all our Super Bowls with the 3-4, however. Whatever works is what I say. <laughs> Whatever works best, but I think 4-3 is stout, and I think we can do it. Thanks for the call, brother. Next, we have my very good brother, the Double X Raider. Hey, what's going on, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Double X Raider. And I was giving a shout-out, man, for the show 305. Hey, I was calling in regards to the 
CVA or what used to be the CVA, hey man, I think it's a travesty. I think it's a bad deal for everybody, including the fans, especially the fans. You know, and you know, you got millionaires and billionaires fighting over over change. But uh, my question is now, we're gonna make a deal for the fans to come back. You know, because that's what is really gonna hurt the most is the fans, and it just it just sucks, man. I you know I, I figured it was gonna happen. I figured you know greed would take over. You know, I think there's enough money out there for everybody. You know, but like the guy, like the guy said, evidently it wasn't good enough. Um, I think both both sides had to take some off the table. They weren't willing to do that. So in turn, we're going to suffer. And I just hope it doesn't turn like like it did for baseball, man. But uh, it doesn't look good. You know, and it's you know I'm sure they're going to lock the players out at some point uh, because now it's gotten nasty. So we'll see what happens, man. You know, I'll be ready. Uh, Raider forever, but, man, it's going to suck not having football, man. I'm ready to grab you guys doing a fantastic job. Keep the podcast going. I guess we'll be talking about the uh, the uh, strike, if you will, <laughs> and the no jobs, man. But uh, keep it going. Raider Nation, double X Raider, and I'm out. Well, it is what it is, and, you know, I'm affected as anyone else that holds a season ticket, but the people really affected, man, are the people who work. It, within the NFL structure, the the attendants, security guards, all those guys, people making the hot dogs, the beers. I mean, the guys delivering the beers. There's a huge economic impact that goes beyond, you know, the wants of the fans, and that supply the needs from a for a lot of people, man. And that's what I think is the most jacked up about this whole bunch of bullshit. We'll get football. It's just hard for a fan right now, man, because you can't concentrate. You got to worry about this crap. Thanks for the call, brother. Next, one of my, no, he is my favorite fan of all fans. My brother, the Crusader, Raider, none other than Keith Smith from London, England. Check it out, man. Raider Nation, this is Keith Sweat, the Crusader Raider, calling you from London, England. Uh, a big shout out there too that to the nation. I haven't spoke to you, you guys for a while uh, as we uh, are waiting now for the draft and obviously then the schedule coming out and we're really looking forward to that over here in the UK, uh, seeing who's who's who and who stays with the Raiders this year and uh, who we get in new and the coaching changes. It's uh, exciting times and unpredictable times as always uh, with the Raider Nation. Um, just a quick call today, obviously, to, to wish uh, Randy and uh, a belated birthday. And obviously, Raider Greg, uh, happy birthday, my friend. I uh, hope you had a really good time and that uh, you had a great uh, family there, uh, family birthday celebration there in Sebastopol. And uh, we look forward to seeing you later on in this year. Um, the call really today is to, to announce the exciting news that the Bald Raider is coming to London, England in April um, with his new uh, lady wife. And we're really looking forward to uh, welcoming Randy to London and to meeting the uh, International Radio Nation over here and, and, and tying up with uh, friends, having a great time when you come over. We're really looking forward to you coming, Randy. Hopefully you're going to be bringing your camera with you, if not the big one, the, the smaller one, so that we can have a Radio Nation video cast live from London uh, and up in the sites and hopefully meet up with some of the nation and get some uh, get a video post, postcard 
of your time here when you're in the UK and, and at the home of the Crusader Raider and Big Dave Chapman and uh, uh, Richard Cantel, Raider Nick, and all the other guys that uh, that know you guys on the podcast. Uh, we're really looking forward to it, Randy. Can't wait for your arrival. We will make sure you have a royal time here with us in London, and we'll treat you like royalty uh, as you come to the Crusader Raiders Castle here in London. Looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to everything else that's coming up in the, the Raiders. Thanks for, for putting the news out as always, Greg. Always good to hear your voice on the podcast and a big shout out to all the nation and if any members of the International Raider Nation here are around at the, the end of April for when the Board Raider arrives in London um, please contact me via Facebook or, or leave a message on the Raider Nation podcast forum and we'll see whether we can hook up together and uh, uh, have a bit of party with Randy when he's in our town that's it for now Keith Smith Crusader Raider looking forward to the trips and I'm out well, we hope to have a season. I think it's going to happen. But uh, the fact that my, my good brother Randy and his lovely wife Lisa are going to London, England, and I'm going to tell you, can you hear it? This guy's going to give them the gold treatment, baby. They're getting the red carpet all the way. And Keith Smith, uh, Dave Chapman, uh, Richard, all fine people. And if you're going to be in London when Randy's there, you better get a hold of him because they're going to party down. I know Keith will have something going on and – uh Big Dave as well. What a great deal. I wish I could be there. You know, I hate to miss a party. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. And I know you'll take good care of him. We'll get some pictures up on the site. Now we have Raider Bob from Maryland, and he's very unhappy. And I think he's taking a bad look at <laughs> the players. What you got to say, brother? Raider Greg, it's Raider Rob from Maryland. I think these players should all go work at fucking McDonald's or the only place they could work if they didn't have jobs playing football. Foot me some Big Macs. Go Raiders. Yeah, it's hard to see guys arguing about that kind of money when people are having a hard time just making it happen, brother. Yeah, it's a hard thing to look at. And this fan, as well as you and millions more, are not freaking happy about this situation. Next, we have a guy that's become quite a regular here on the Renation Podcast, and I like him. He's called the Nature Boy, Rated Josh. Raider Nation, what is up? This is the Nature Boy. Woo, it is Raider Josh. Man, bad news, bad news. The union votes to decertify, and it's looking like football is not going to be happening next year as of right now. A travesty, an outrage, a downright shame. All over the fucking dollar bill. From what I understand, the, the major points, the major concern is how and what to do with $9 billion. Really? Just sitting here, just stewing a little bit and a little bit more, just watching some basketball, wishing that I was watching football right now, watching the little ticker on ESPN, talking about how these players are going to go to sue the owners and how even uh, some rookies that are in the upcoming draft, not even NFL players, are going to be suing based upon a rookie pay scale. Damn it. You know, this is some horse shit. It's, it's over money. 
and it's our money. It's the fans' money. This is the money that we put into this shit. This is the money that that we spend on the swag and getting the gear and going to games and, and paying the concession stand fees and paying parking fees and personal fee license fees and all kinds of bullshit. And it's all about us and our dollars and how it should be distributed between them. And it just makes me sick. Because either way, any way you look at it, none of these people would have these opportunities. These gifted athletes would not have an opportunity to play in the NFL without the fans' money. The owners wouldn't have stadiums to build if it wasn't for fans coming to the games, putting on that gear, putting on the jerseys, paying the high prices to watch the people they pay millions of dollars to play a game. And you know what? I mean, I don't know what should be done at this one. It's just, it's sick. You know what? It's happening. It, it's going to happen. And owners are demanding that they come back to the table for the players. And it's just, yeah, I know. You're sick too, huh, Bell? It, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it, this shouldn't be happening. I mean, this, this is for the fans. It's why they play the game. This is why they get paid millions of dollars to, to put on shows for us, to go out there, to bust their balls, to play hard for the jersey that's on their back and the paycheck they get every week. Any one of us that's listening to this podcast, if we had the talent, the athletic ability, we would all to love an opportunity to be out there, to be on an NFL field, grinding it out, and, and just playing a sport that we all love, that we all have a passion for. And, you know, it, it's just a shame that this is happening and, you know, we might have to go a year without football, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, a sickening thought right now at this point. And, you know, hopefully these selfish bastards can somehow get it together and, you know, get a get an agreement that, that suits everybody because us fans, we want this. This is what we look forward to year-round. I look forward to the draft. I look forward to the combine. I look forward to every single thing that goes on, preseason games, trades, rumors. I love it all. I love Raider football, and I want it back next year. I think that was best said, better said than I said it, and I think you got it down right down to it, brother. You know, uh, it's it's about the fans, and I think they've forgotten about that. I really do. And well, you heard my last, you heard this show, and that's what I'm talking about, brother. The same thing, just in a little more radical way. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. Next, we have Raider Sambo from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Check it out. Hello, this is uh, Raider Sambo from Stillwater, Oklahoma. That last episode was amazing. That was probably my favorite episode of this show. I don't know what it was about Gene Taylor's interview, but it, it really caught my attention. And I really liked hearing that guy's story and, you know, hearing everything from the strike to his whole process in the NFL, you know, going to Canada, you know, uh, playing in the uh, the World League, and then back to the NFL. I just thought that was a really good story, and I'm glad you had him on the show. And uh, you said you're going to have him on more uh, pretty soon. I think that's a great idea. If not, even to go to guest host. Not that you're, you know, not that 
I, I want to, you know, see less, see and hear less Raider Greg, but I just, I really like that guy. I don't know what it was. Um, but I love this podcast, guys, and in a time right now that it's, uh, the, uh, the deadline's supposed to be hitting uh, pretty soon with the CBA talks, and there's no, there's no news, and then I can hear this, you know, every couple of weeks. It really, uh, really excites me when I update all my podcasts on iTunes and I see that there's a new episode for this, and I, I just love this show. Keep it up, guys. Again, uh, can't wait to hear the next episode. Love you guys. Uh, win, loss, tie. Raider till I die. Peace. Thank you, brother. You know what? We appreciate that up in here, the Raider Nation podcast. We like to be the voice of the Raider fan, and that's your voice. That's why we like to have this bone line going on, um, and that's why we like to have you guys put your take on here because <laughs> that's the people. I mean, I could talk all day long. But uh, Gene Taylor, great guy, great interviews, and he'll be on. I'm going to have him on. He works with me, so we'll be right there in the firehouse be able to talk about games and schemes and players, and it'll be cool. So check that out because it's coming too. And, uh, well, we we appreciate all the love we get from the Raider Nation. Um, once again, I'd like to reiterate this. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but uh, prayers for those people in Japan, man, because that's some wild shit going on over there and be thankful what we got here and the Raiders well they're gonna play I don't know when but they're gonna play because uh, they need this money because uh, nine billion dollars uh, they're gonna have to get it and they'll make it happen uh, sometime uh, maybe before preseason maybe we we'll ha- won't have to pay for a preseason game <laughs> that'd be fine with me any either, either way man we're gonna have some NFL and we'll have some more podcasts because we're going to keep everybody up to date on what's going on with our Oakland Raiders. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.